Open that. Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter 2. Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 23 to 25. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them, because he knew all men, and he had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. He knew what was in man. What is it that's in man? What did he see? What did he know? And <clears throat> when we read this here, <clears throat> this is after Jesus drove out the ox and the, and the sheep out of the temple and turned over the tables of the money changers. And then they asked him, what sign will you show us since you're doing this stuff? And he had been healing people, raising people from the dead, uh, feeding the 5,000 with you know a few loaves and fishes. He was doing all these miracles. And they asked him, what sign... He show us that you, <clears throat> what sign do you show to us since you're doing all these things? In other places, they asked him for a sign from God. Well, <clears throat> he was doing something that was surely supernatural and was from God. But they were blind to it. Blindness of heart. He, knew, he didn't need anybody to tell him what was in man. He already knew it. God knows what's in us. And when he says he knows what's in us, he knows what's in everybody. And that means everybody here today, too. He knows what's inside of us. He knows our thoughts. He knows our intentions. He knows our hearts and what's in them. You know... In one place it says that all that's in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And these things are not from God. These are the things of man. This is what's in man. If we go to the Gospel of John chapter 6, And we read that Jesus does the, uh, in John chapter 6, he does the miracles of the, of the loaves and the fishes. And um, and uh, we see that uh, after he did that, where he fed a, a crowd of 5,000 men, plus women and children. It says they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Of course, he also had cast out demons and 
raised dead, they're dead and everything else. And then he fed the 5,000 men plus women and children. And then in verse 14 and 15, we continue on, read those two verses, Dave, if you could. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet, or excuse me, this is truly prophet, the prophet who is come into the world. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. It was all wrong. They were going to take him by force and make him king. You see what's in man. They saw the miracles he were doing. He was doing, he said, well, this is the prophet that's come into the world. Now they're going to overthrow all the other authorities and make, you know, they're going to overthrow, uh, you know, the high priest and the, and, the, and the Pontius Pilate and Caesar and everybody else, and they're going to make him king. It wasn't God's way. Again, misguided by human nature. It wasn't God's plan. They were completely out of touch with God's plan. They concluded he was the Messiah, but then they were going to make him king their way. You see, we begin to see what's in man in all these things. And then we go to uh, Matthew chapter 15. Backtrack to Matthew chapter 15. And we'll read um, Matthew 15 in verse, uh, <clears throat> verses 10 to 20. Matthew 15, 10 to 20. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand. Now what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this, excuse me, what goes into the mouth defiles man but what comes not out of with, the mouth not with what did I mean? not what goes into excuse me mouth. not what yes yeah, i knew that was wrong excuse me that's right not what goes into the mouth defiles a man but what comes out of the mouth this defiles a man then his disciples came and said to him do you know that the pharisees were offended when they heard this saying but he answered and said every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Then Peter answered and said to him, Explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Okay. <clears throat> Jesus tells us right here what he knows that's in man. He gives us what we read. He knows what's in man. And why is this important to us? It's important for us to know what we're saved from. I mean, some of us know it more than others, 
But the fact is, this is what's in everybody who comes into this world. He points to the problem of all of us. It's inside of us. What's in us. And he points to this inner corruption. This, as one theologian puts it, the depravity of man. A depraved state. Corruption. And it's in every one of us. And you begin to see it when you're young. And it's disturbing. I know for me it was disturbing. You know, I was raised in a, you know, a family went to church every Sunday morning, 8.30, 8.30 service every Sunday morning. And I went to a religious school and all that for six years, elementary school. And it taught right from wrong and everything. And I tried to do what was right, but as I got, every, it seemed like every year I got older, got harder and harder to do what was right because I saw that there was something else going on inside of me that wanted to rebel against what was right. And there was corrupt thoughts and corrupt ideas in my mind. And this stuff started springing up and it started to get control of my life. I started acting on it as I got into older and older. And, you know, you start lying. You start being deceitful. You start, you know thinking immoral things and everything else and and before you know it you know what you begin th- when you start out thinking in your heart then you begin to act on it as a man thinks in his heart so he is and so he becomes and you see this and this is what Jesus is talking about now you know to make it a little more clear what Jesus is talking about here you know the people, the religious people of his time came to him and said, oh, your, your disciples are eating without their hands being washed. It's going to defile them. You know, it's terrible. And Jesus said, that's not going to defile you. The things you put inside of you don't defile you. It's what comes out of you. Now, people say, well, wait a minute. When people get in drinking alcohol until they get drunk or doing drugs, that defiles them. No. No, it doesn't. That's not what Jesus was saying. When people are doing those kind of things, it is a reflection of the corruption inside of us. A corruption inside of a person. And it comes out in different ways, whether it's an alcohol, you know, drunkenness, or blasphemy, cursing, uh, immoral thoughts, immoral actions, you know, talking dirty, dirty jokes, you know. It just goes on and on, you know, and, you know, violence and putting other people down and unloving attitudes, everything else. That stuff, Jesus says, it comes from inside of us. That's in man. It's in mankind. It's in all of us. And as, like I said, we begin to see it at some point in our childhood. And we and begin to grow up in it. And if we're, ra- if we're raised in a moral household, sometimes we follow the morality and Instead of seeing the corruption within, we compare it to the corruption of others. And we see, that we see well, we're not as bad as them. But that's all part of the deception of the human heart. In the book of Jeremiah, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Who can know it? Jesus knows it. He knows what's in man. And that's why he came to rescue us from what's inside of us. Thanks be to God. To rescue us from our own personal corruption. Say, well, we're only doing what's natural. 
But doesn't that tell us everything? That if what we're doing wrong, if what we're doing that's wrong is natural, that there's something naturally wrong with us. It's our human nature, our nature. I have talked to people who have said, "Well, you know, I'm committing immorality, so I'm just doing what's natural." That's right. You're just doing what's natural, and that's why we need a savior because we are naturally immoral, corrupt in different ways. It shows up in different ways. It can be in religious pride. It can be in human pride. The pride of the fle- the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. It can be the love of the love of money, the love of things, our our unlovingness towards others. There's so many things that it shows it, our corruption of the u- human nature and mankind's corruption shows up in so many different ways. If you want to see a a good cross section of it, just watch the nightly news. Read the newspaper or the online newspaper or whatever you look to see the current events. Look in your neighborhood. Look at your workplace. There's a study, the workplace. And you see how people interact with each other. And how they tear each other down and try to step on each other to promote to get promoted above their their neighbor, above their co-workers. And they slander their people and, and they talk about people behind their backs to make themselves look better. You know, I've seen it all. <laughs> you, or at least you would think you've seen it all, and then you just see something else that takes you by surprise. But the things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. Out of the, Jesus said, in a, in, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And all those whisperings and slanders and unloving words and everything else and the and the proud words and the actions and everything else, they come from in, inside of us. And we got to recognize that. Because Jesus came to save us from that. No matter who we are, no matter what our upbringing, our, our station in life, doesn't matter. We need Him. And we need Him every day. Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. This is what He's talking about. It's nothing but, you know, walking in our human nature without Him. That's why He says, remain in the vine. Stay, with, stay in Him. Walk with Him. Come to Him and stay with Him. Because without Him... This stuff is going to defile us. It's going to deceive us. It's going to cause us to veer off. It's going to cause us to interrupt. It's going to interrupt our relationship, our fellowship with God. We're going to fear, feel far away from God if we follow the course of and do what's natural and follow our natural inclinations. Jesus came to save us from what's inside of us. I had somebody who's angry with God saying to me. You save, save, God came to save me from what? Save us from what's inside of us. Not just His judgment, but to save us from what's inside of us. Because what's inside of us is not fit for the kingdom of God. That's why the sentence of death was proclaimed among all men. It is appointed for a man once to die, and after that the judgment. We can't stay in this condition. We need to be saved and our bodies need to be changed. That's the whole point of the appointment of death 
and, and, and standing before judgment. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. It's all going to come. <clears throat> so from there we go to Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Mm -hmm. Read verse 3 too, David. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. If we think we're something... It says, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Well, what do you mean we're nothing? We're the children of God. In him we are, as we abide in him. But without him, we're nothing. We can do nothing. That's what he said. Jesus said that. So we get back to the first verse here. He says, if we see somebody sinning, that we should try to restore them in the spirit of humility. Meekness. And there's two words after that that we have to take a close look at. Considering yourself. Because if it wasn't for the grace of God, that's who we could be, or worse. Without us being something in Christ, as we abide in Christ, we could easily, as, oh, I never would do that. Jesus knows what's in man. And it's only through Him we're saved from what's, you know, in our human nature. And He gives us the nature of God, His nature. But without that, we always remember where we came from. And who we are and who we were. And what He saved us from. Not just from hell and eternal damnation, which is great and wonderful above everything else. But part of that is saving us from what's in us naturally. And so when the Bible tells us to put to death the works of the flesh, that's why. He gives us the power, He gives us His Holy Spirit to put to death the deeds of the flesh so that we may live. And then we may walk in the Spirit. He gives us power and authority over our bodies. To discipline our bodies and to make it our servant, our slave. He gives us power and authority over our nature. Who can know it? God reveals it to us. He knows it. He knew it. He knew it was in man. And as we've been talking about, when we come to Him, He begins to reveal who we are without Him. And how much we need Him. And we're nothing without Him in the sense that He means that. And it is by an action of His grace that we become His children and become accepted by Him. It is not something we deserve or have earned. We don't deserve it. We have not earned it. It is an action of the grace of God 
and the mercy he showed us and his son who knew what was in us came to rescue us by giving his life for us and this plan this this great plan that god designed that might seem strange to the human nature but it's god's way he came to rescue us from the person that we are within and we have been i remember there's been a few times people have told me oh i've always was saved i was always a christian have you ever had anybody tell you that yeah so you know there's no such thing there is no such thing as that you may have been raised in a christian home and continued in that and continue going to church from the time you were a baby and going to a Christian church and everything. But the Bible tells us that there must be a time when we cross from death to life. That we are transferred from the kingdom of darkness, which all of us are in, and transferred from that to the kingdom of God's Son. When we believe the message of the gospel and we respond. That's how we are transferred from darkness to light, from our own nature, and receive the nature of God. We still have the nature, our corrupt nature, lurking within our members of our body. Yes. We still have a carnal mind to deal with. But now we have the tools to deal with it. We have the power and the authority from God Himself. To put it to death, to crucify it. We are the children of God. We are no longer helpless to our human nature. Sin shall not have dominion over us because we are not under the law, but we are under grace. And by that grace of God, we are delivered from, from the motions of our human nature. What we do naturally. What do we do naturally? You see what Cain did to his brother. Oh, I'd never do that. Jesus said, if you hate your brother, you've already murdered him. It's in us. And Jesus says, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you, you've already committed adultery. It's all these things, the sins of mankind begin in the heart. It's in every person. All this corruption. And we must put these things in their proper place. From coming to Jesus, from the time we are, as, as when we hear this message, and we could be young or old, anywhere in between, to hear this message and act upon it. There's bad stuff in me. I'm not always honest. I say bad things. I think dirty thoughts. I told a dirty joke. I looked at things I shouldn't have looked at. I have hate in my heart towards that person because they wronged me. And I hate them. And I feel like all this anger and nastiness inside of me towards that person. Well, if that's you, you say, welcome to the human race. Because it's in all of us. And because it's in all of us, we all need a deliverer. I remember when I was a kid... One of my favorite movies was this Frontier movie where the Frontiersmen were fighting against the Indians. And there was a preacher there. And there was this corrupt uh, settler 
who said, you know, we gotta, we gotta fight against all these uh, godless heathens. And the preacher looked at him and said, beware of the godless, godless heathen within your own breast. In other words, in his heart. Because, you know, he was, he was showing his own corruption in, in, that, in that whole display there. So, it's in all of us. And it comes out in different ways, in different cultures, in different uh, time periods, in different ways, all this stuff like that, but it's the same thing. It's a defilement that comes from within. And this is why Jesus told the people of his day, the people who are involved in religion, he says, he says, you're so busy cleaning the outside of the cup. He said, clean first the inside of the cup, and behold, all things will be clean to you. It starts inside of us. It doesn't start by trying to make us a better person on the outside. That's called religion. It starts by coming to Jesus and be changed on the inside through faith in His Son, through the blood of Jesus. And changed on the inside, and then that begins to affect the outside of us. That's not religion, that's conversion to Christ. That's salvation. That's being born again, being born of the Holy Spirit. And walking, being dead to our old man, and walking in a new life. And then when we have that happen... And we begin to walk in the new life. You know what we see happen? We see some of our old way of life starting to bring us back down and drag us back down into defilement again. And for that, we look at Romans chapter 5. Verses 1 and 2. And then verses 5 to 11. Romans... 5, 1 and 2, 5 through 11. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also, also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who, has, who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. If you understand this, you can't help but appreciate what this is saying here. And first it tells us about our conversion, that we are justified with, by faith, 
And we have peace with God through the blood of Jesus, through faith in the blood of Christ. And we, by this we have access by faith to stand by in this grace. We stand in and rejoice. It's not just getting to that place. It's standing in that place. And walking from there. Walking in life in that grace. Because, and this shows the understanding of which this passage understands human nature. Because it says in verse 8, God demonstrates His love to us but while we are yet sinners. While we are depraved, while we are corrupt in our hearts, He died for us. Christ died for the ungodly. With all of us with that corruption within. That's who He died for. And then he uses the words, much more. Verse 9. Much more, having now been justified by his blood, much, now that we're saved, he says, we shall be saved from his wrath, from his judgment through Christ. And it goes on, it's talking about being saved from his judgment, but then it goes on talking further. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God, verse 10, through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. What does that mean? Much, he says, much more again. He says there's more. Two times he says there's more. Not just making peace with God, but keeping peace with God to the end. We've been saved from his judgment. And we're also saved, it says, through his life. What does that mean to be saved through his life? Christ living in us. We're saved through his life that he's given us, the divine nature that he's given us. He's given us everything we need through life and godliness, through his nature, the divine nature. The life of Christ, Paul said, which is now manifested in our mortal bodies. The new life. So what happens when we see that corruption happening? After we become a Christian, after we experience the new birth, after we're walking with Christ, then we see ourselves fall flat on our face, do something corrupt, do something wrong, do something stupid. What happens then? What do we do? This is what it's saying. He forgave us once. Is that it? Is that the beginning and end of the grace of God? Is that the beginning and the end of our peace with Him? We feel that way sometimes when we're not walking right, if we walk in the flesh. We begin to feel all out of sorts and we feel like God is far away and doesn't accept us anymore. It's important to understand that when we're doing what's wrong, He's calling us back. He's leaving the 99 to get the one that's gone astray. He's bringing us back. He's calling us back. And that's where we need to be too. To hear Him and to come back. And to understand that it's not, it's not a one-shot deal. God's grace, God's mercies are new every morning. And we can come back and be confident. 
and put that stuff behind us and have the peace of God in our lives and continue to walk in it and to come back to the vine and remain in the vine and continue in the vine no matter what anybody says, no matter what the devil whispers or all the, the powers of darkness, that we can be victorious as a Christian and abide in the vine and have peace in our hearts, the peace of God which passes all understanding will rule our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so when we reached out to others who have been caught in a fault, just consider ourselves. And understand, it says, lest we also be tempted. Well, I would never do that. But if our attitude isn't right towards others who have fallen, it can cause us to fall from our steadfastness. And so this is very important. I want to finish with a few thoughts. As we think about the how much mores, how much more we were justified and accepted by Him when we were sinners and ungodly. And how much more when He receives us and accepts us shall He help us after we become His children. How much greater it all is after we become His children. And now we are the children of God. And we do not know what we will be, but we know that we will be like him, for she, he, we shall see him as he is. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God, children and heirs, heirs of the kingdom, received as the children of God. I'm going to finish with a few thoughts, one of them from a preacher from centuries past, Andrew Murray. He said, to know a humble man and how he behaves, you must follow him in his daily course of life, who a person really is. And so we look at Jesus and how he lived his life to see how he really is. And he knew it was in us and how we who who we really are without Him. You think of the disciples of Jesus. We're taught by Jesus for three years. What were they doing at the Last Supper after Jesus announced that He was uh, going to be betrayed? After supper, they fought and argued over who would be first in the Kingdom of God. Human nature. That's what's in man. Naturally, I should say. <clears throat> the Pharisees, moral men, they desired to be sit in the highest places at the feasts and weddings and things like that. They, they loved the highest places. 
But Jesus washed his disciples' feet, those who were under his authority. He washed their feet. In the book of Romans, Paul tells us in honor preferring each other. In Corinthians, he writes to the Corinthian church, love is not puffed up, is not self-seeking, does not exalt itself. That's all that what's in, in nature. He writes to the Galatians, through love serve one another. The nature of God. In Ephesians, he says, Walk with all lowliness and meekness, being patient with one another, or forbearing one another in love. In Philippians, he writes to the Philippian church, Let nothing be done in selfish ambition or conceit, which is pride and ego, but in humility of mind, consider. Others better than themselves. You see, these things that he he was commanding them are not naturally in us. How can we do that kind of stuff? We need a different nature. We need the nature of God. And when he gives us his nature, we are told to walk in it and to put to death the other nature. Hmm. The different motions of the old nature and the new nature. Walk in one, put to death the other. Jesus came to rescue us from the one so that we can walk in the other. We might be saved through his life. In the New Testament, it talks about being saved, past sense, that we were saved. In another place it says we are being saved. And in another place it says we will be saved. Past, present, and future. Past, by the grace of God, by the blood, faith in the blood of Jesus. Present, same, and future. All the same. By the grace of God by the new nature he's given us, we continue in Christ. We abide in the vine, and we continue in him. And Jesus says, he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Shall be saved. So there it is. That's what I have today. Brothers, you'd like to comment on that, or have anything else you want to talk about?